thing, you got 10 or 15 minutes to talk. So you can't say much of anything as far as preliminary work. Just move into it and get annoyed quick and get out quick. Amen. Hoping the guy before you left a dab of it so you can kind of swab in it and move in it. But. And I have been there and I have been here. I have not been where you are. I'm not 69. And, um, but I am right in the middle of these guys and this great man right here. I'm very young. I am just now. That's right. I was... That's right. I, I was just a kid enjoying the Varnums or singing their ministry. and I grew up with Denae and Jason. I grew up with them. We were good friends. I enjoyed that. And of course, back in January the 3rd, I uh, turned into the position of a grandfather. I didn't look it. I wasn't old enough, really, but I didn't look it. But I'd go into the hospital, I'd show them a driver's license. They said, well, I guess you are old enough, so you are a grandfather. And I am blessed with a great family that's all involved in the work of the Lord. And then Brother Stone King, I, last year I took some to listen to, and I have a family here today who really came to hear him. And then uh, he'll be speaking Saturday night, so they will not be able to. We start revival in our church this weekend for three days in a kind of a black evangelism thrust. And uh, but we'll get the tapes. But they were so looking forward to hearing you. And maybe before they get away, you can pray for them and bless them and let the Lord's good grace and mercy be upon them. Let me say this. I have a book entitled Writings. And it's a second uh, printing for me. What it is, is about four or five years ago, I wrote for a professional magazine that went to all businesses, six to 7,000 professional businesses. It asked me not to write sermons, but could I write principles, inspirational things, thoughts, and I did, and my son compiled this. And if you'd like one, I have some with me. I hope you would buy one. It will make me look good if you would. would. And uh, there's a lot of good, just just page and a half of all of, of different things, but it's stuff that you can preach, teach, talk, enjoy, and share, give a book to a friend. And then I have one called The Godhead Made Easy. And uh, I was going to write one on holiness, Holiness Made Easy, and I said, no, that title won't work. <laughs> no, they misunderstood that, so I let that ride. But I do have The Godhead Made Easy, and it covers it very easy, not a lot of Hebrew and Greek, but very easy that anybody, and a lot of churches have used it, one of the Bible colleges used it part-time, and uh, it's been in a lot of uh, our church bookstores, and um, if you would like to buy one of those, and young ministers and, and other ministers, people need to understand and be able to articulate, communicate to this world what we believe. Amen? Amen. That is important. I know we give answers sometimes that are not right. I hear people say they love God. They appreciate him dying for them on the cross. God did not die. What died was what was born. If it wasn't born, it did not die. And understanding and articulating this, one young man answered. The guy said, you understand that Stephen looked up to heaven and saw two in the heavens. And he said, well, no doubt he was. You're getting hit in the head with rocks. You bob a old thing, you know. But that's not the answer. That's not the way it is. So, and then I also have just four, maybe seven albums of World of Faith Tape Ministry, Sample Ministry of Pastor William E. Davis. Any of this you would like and can use, uh, I would be happy for you to uh, purchase it. Um, 
Ours is a gift. Brother Varnum giving you a book as a gift. Ours is a gift for a love offering of. <laughs> I um, was up early this morning trying to find the mind of God for the next few minutes here. And I am not going to worry you. I'm not going to worry you or drain you or exhaust you. I may not even get loud. I just, um, I feel a very heaviness, not a negative heaviness, but a, a feeling in here that um, something could happen uh, to everybody in this service. Yes. And uh, we have enjoyed just all immensely what we heard last night, today, and then Brother Gresham's ministry always just is always good. Always good. Just yes. good, good, good. And um, we enjoyed that. I do have other books coming out by July the 1st. I have one on devotions throughout the book of Genesis. I have writings, volume two. And then I wrote a western book, cowboy book. A lot of blood, guts, violence, stabbing, backbiting. Typical Pentecostal service type thing. And I would like you to turn with me in the book of St. Luke chapter 22. This morning about 5.30 I got up and wrote down some of these thoughts that um, I have to say today, so I don't have a lot of heavy-duty rehearsing here. Um, but if you would help me, I know several have preached, singing worships, getting a little late, now I won't be exhaust you, I don't, I'll try not to, and um, we've got an afternoon full of good things, uh, and I know that taxed in the spirit, but if, if you would be gracious to me to help me just a little bit, um, and um, maybe I can be of some value to somebody here in the book of saint luke chapter 22 chapter 22 verse 14 and when the hour was come he sat down and the twelve apostles with him and he said unto them with desire i have desired to eat this passover with you before i suffer for i say unto you i will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took bread and gave thanks, break it, and gave unto them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Now, if you would, let's ask the Lord one more time to help our minds, our hearts, bless our thoughts for the next few minutes together in the word of the Lord. Please, please, Lord, give us something today that will add to whatever has been done and will be done to make a difference in our lives. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. I feel a very heaviness in what I am about to say, not negative, but just an emotional feeling. I feel very strong in what I want to speak to you about. I have never spoke on what I'm speaking to you about, some of the thoughts I may have used, but. The overall presentation, I have never, ever presented this anywhere. But this is uh, what I really feel heavy on my heart last night and early this morning. Um, 
And I want to talk to you about this, that he wants time with us. And the scriptures I have read to you today, it was I and you, me and you. He gathered his twelve together around him and he said, um, I'm glad you're here. I desired with great desire, I was really wanting us to be together today, tonight. I was anxious about this. This was not a casual time. This was not a salute in passing. I had anxiousness. I, I've been desiring. I was wanting to get us all together one more time. I'm about to step into an area of my life that you and I are both unfamiliar with. And well, I wanted us to be together. I, and I want you to take this cup. It's my blood that I have shed for you. It's I and you. And then the bread, and he broke it and blessed it. And he said, now I want you to take this bread, that it's, it's a symbol and expression of, of my body, and I want you to take this. Um, this is for you. And then when I give you this, among yourselves, I want you to share it. This is, this is us. This is our time together. I, I want time with you. You need time with me. And I need time with you. If I'm going to use you, if you're going to do anything at all in the future kingdom, if you're going to have any impact on this world, if you're going to make any indent, if you're going to leave some expression of your presence, then you and I need to get together. We need this time together. We need to be together. We need to experience some things. We need to have some communication. I, you need to say things to me and I need to say things to you. You need to feel things that I feel. You, you need to sense things that I sense. My thoughts are high above your thoughts, so I'm going to have to pull you up. So I want us to get in this habit of getting together. I need time with you and you need time with me. In the book of Joshua chapter 8 and verse 30, it expressed that Joshua had led the people of Israel. They had 31 battles to fight. They had fought one of them twice. They were now two to one. They had won at Jericho, failed at Ai, come back at Ai, took 30,000 men, 25,000 in ambush, five in the insurging force of attack. When it was all over, they had gained victory this time. They beat Ai. It was two to one with 29 more kings and kingdoms to fight. They were now deep into the heart of enemy territory, some 65 to 70 miles deep into enemy territory. It was at that point, after that victory, that Joshua raised this crowd up, thousands upon hundreds of thousands of people, and moved them another 20 miles deeper into hostile hostilities and hostile territory. But he did not engage in conflict. He engaged in renewing, refreshing, and time with God. He built an altar, then he read the law, then he offered sacrifice, then he made people make a commitment to God. He understood that everybody needs time with God. That there is not enough human energy and effort to be successful in the ministry, in the church, in the marriage, in the home. When we never have room in our busy, crowded life for the presence and the power 
and a visitation and time with the Lord. And so they prayed, they worshiped, they read the law, they said amen, and then they engaged in a long, long war. Twenty-nine other countries and, and that they had engaged in conflict and in struggles. The Lord has a desire that, that people in this world, the church, us, and more so the preacher and the preacher's wife, that they learn how to schedule this time. I'm sorry, but me and Jesus have some appointment that we're going to be tending to for the next little bit. Everybody. When he gathered them together in that room, he said, we, we, we need to be together some. I'm fixing to suffer. And after they had spent this time, he said, I want you to go with me to where I've got to go. I'm, I'm going to suffer. And he took some part way and then he picked three more out and took them farther. And he said, I want, you to, I want you to watch me when I suffer. I want, I want you to have some fellowship, identity with this. I want you to have some, some sense of understanding of, of what I'm going through. And so he started to pray and his sweat became his great drops of blood. And he raked it across his head with the sleeve of his garment, gathering the moisture, the sweat and the dirt and everything else that comes from kneeling on ground and praying and talking to God. And then he looked around and, and they were not watching. They weren't listening. This time was for us to be together. And I'm here and they're completely out of place. And he went over and, would you please, would you wake up? Could you give me a little time here? Could we, could we have a little time in this, in this moment of suffering? I, I feel heavy. I am fixing to die. I feel heavy about what is going to happen in my life. And I was wondering if we could just have a little bit of time together as, as us, just you and I. This is not for everybody. This is where you're talking to me. I'm talking to you. We're touching each other. We're connecting. We're making something happen could you do it yeah well we well, i'm sorry i didn't mean to and so he goes back to pray and after a little bit he hears their noise of snoring and, and they're good people they are good people but they just did not have that it was just not a good time and yet for him it was a very valuable point I want you to know me in my suffering and because after a while you're going to know me in my resurrection and you're going to know me in my power. But I don't want to, I don't want a slop-sided knowledge of me. I, I don't want you angling off base. I, I want you to know every facet, phase, will, purpose, goal, ambition, desire that I have. I want you to get in on what I'm doing. I don't want you to grab a little something and run off. I want you to stay with it. There was one man that was not privileged to know him in this in this uh, position. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians, I, I would like to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. Some of you have got to jump on me. You, you got in there early. You got in there that night. You slipped into that place of prayer. You had some fellowship with his suffering and you sacked out. I didn't get that. Well, I'm going to get it now. I want some time there. And then he said, I want to know the power. I want to know the power of his resurrection. And what he was saying is that it takes power to reach into a tomb with a, with a heavy stone on it and pull the stone out of the way and pull the body back up and kick the heart back into motion and move the blood back into the body and bring color to the cheeks again, activate the kidneys. It takes power to pull. And he said, I want to know a power that can pull. 
pull things right out of the dead and out of the dying and out of the waste. There is something about the power of his resurrection. There is a power that can reach into the most adverse condition and bring it out. And Paul said this, and these people understood very little about the value of spending time. Jesus said, Behold, I, I stand at the door and I knock. If anybody will hear my voice and open up, I will come in with him and it'll be us. I will sup with him and he will sup with me. It'll, it'll be us. When I get in there and sit down, it's going to be this time. It's you and I. It will be us. We're going to sit together and, and I will sup with you. Whatever you got to give me, whatever you can furnish me, whatever joy, whatever faith, whatever love, whatever word, whatever praise, you just deal it out on the table. I'll take what you got. I'll eat what's available. And then when I've had my fill, I'll turn the table around and then you're going to sup with me now. I'm going to give you strength. I'm going to give you faith. I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you vision. I want some time with you. I'm at the door, I would like a little bit of time with you. Not everybody, you. It's always his nature. It's, oh, and I don't know if I'm getting anywhere with anybody here today. I don't know if I'm missing or not. I, I really feel heavy about what I'm saying. His nature has always been just to tap somebody on the shoulder and say, come out, let's, let's have some time. I mean, this is, oh, he, the sun started to set and he said to the angels, excuse me, me and Adam and Eve, we, we got an appointment. I'm going to go down. And when they violated and when they sinned and hid themselves, he still showed up right on time. I'm here. Where are y'all? I thought we had an appointment to be together. We need the presence of the Lord. You say, I know that. No, no, no. I'm not saying that we repeat it. I'm saying we today, if we're going to build a church and survive this new decade and this new century and this new millennium, if we survive, if we build church, if we have revival, if we're not swallowed up by this society, we are going to have to have the power and the presence of God every day and every step and every move of our lives. We must have the Lord. So he told Adam and Eve, I, I would like to be with you. I went over to Abraham, all the way over in the, in the early Chaldeans, and he tapped him and said, I want you to come out of there. Let's get together. We got, we got things. I've got plans for you. I, I got something I can do for you. I've, I've got some direction for your life. I'm going to make you the father of a great nation. You're going to do something. You're going to be something. Something is going to happen to your life and to your world and they begin to talk, and they begin to walk, and they begin to build. But Abraham messed up. He brought some people with him, and he said, No, I didn't want everybody, Abraham. This was one of those times, it's just me and you. Anybody in this church, any young minister in this congregation that ever plans to be used by God, you're going to have to understand the importance of having time for the Lord in your life. You can't scoot in real quick, 
plop in a prayer room and mumble words and read chapters to eat up 20 minutes. You are going to have to know when and where and how I close the door. What were the words of Jesus? He said, enter into your closet. We need to be together. We need to have some time together. I, I need to say things to you, and you need to say things to me. We need to sense each other's feelings. This is important. When he brought them all together to eat that night, he said, someone here shall betray me. And somebody said, is it I? And somebody else said, well, well, is it I? And he said, somebody else said, could it be me? And John, the closest one to him, laid his head over on his breast and said, uh, could it be me? Well, when John laid his head on his breast, he could hear a thump, a thump, a thump, a thump, a thump. You need to get alone with God enough that you can hear the very enter move of the Spirit and the voice of God's power. At the salutation of your voice, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Something is to be born. Something is going to happen. But you don't know what it is unless you got a little time for God in your world. He's always like that. He wants time with people. He wants time with ministers. He wants time with preachers. He wants to walk with us. He wants to be a hang around us. There's a difference, you know. I, I, I know that Saul ran into some major difficulties. And when he had violated his walk with God, Samuel had ripped the coat and said, The kingdom's rent from you. And his response was, I, I, I wish you would walk with me before the elders of the people. Before the eyes, so so everybody could look at me and see me with you. And, and if you do that, they're going to feel good about me because they're going to see me with you. But that's not where it's at. And sometimes people feel that if they just walk into a conference and, and backslap and buddy-buddy and dock elder stuff with, with other preachers that's being used of God, that's this people see me with them and they that's not good enough. You're not going to do anything for God by just hanging around somebody. You're going to have to hang around God. You're going to have to learn to pray till your belly hurts, till you sweat, till you gag. You're going to have to learn to listen to the voice and listen to the presence of God. You're going to have to learn to know what He's saying and what He's doing. You're going to have to tune into something beyond your world, into the greater world of His presence. You have to learn how to discipline yourself God likes that. He, he pulls people out. He could have talked to Moses any way he wanted to, but he went over there and ignited a bush. And the fire was a part of the bush, and the bush a part of the fire, but the fire never consumed the bush. The fire never became the bush. Neither the bush ever become the fire. And yet they were fused as one, almost like the Godhead. One was flesh and one was spirit, fused as one, but neither of the two ever became the other. Yet there was a distinction. And Moses said, I will turn aside. God will do things to pull you a little bit out of that way you're walking and then that place you're walking. That's right. Sometimes you don't need to get up at 4 o'clock and take a sleeping pill. You need to get up. That's Him knocking. That's Him talking. That's Him saying, this is a good time. 
for you and I to get together and talk about the things of the Lord. It was God who told Moses, said, now come on up to the mountain. I got something I've been writing down. I'm going to give it to you until everybody else will stay back. You just come up. I know you face to face. We talk well. We, we do good together. Come on up. I wrote something and I'm going to give this to you and you're going to take it back down there. God has got something to say to the man who's got time to listen to the voice of the Spirit of God. Ladies and gentlemen, we need the Lord. We need... Oh, say man, I'm talking to you right now. We need the Lord. It, being busy for God is not the same as being used by God. Getting up, running all day, hurrying about with church work does not take the place of the touch and the power and the visitation and a move of the Holy Ghost. We have got to have a move of the Holy Ghost. Everybody clap your hands and shout yes to the Lord. Clap your hands and shout yes to the Lord. We need a little time with the visitation of the Holy Ghost. We have to have, we have to have that, that, that time with the Lord. We have to have that that moment, that, that, that season to where we are washed and refreshed, to where things happen, where there is spiritual communication. I told a man one time, he said, I'd like to do this, but I'm just so busy, busy. I said, you're too busy. You're way too busy. But I'm doing God's work. But you're too busy. You've got to have time for God. You have to have time. He wants time. He knocks. He gets our attention. He, he calls out to us. He, he's got things that he wants someone to step in and, and help him do. He, he took two angels and said, let's go to Sodom, but I want to make a quick stop over to Abram's house there in Sarah. I want to talk to them a few minutes. And he went in there and they talked and they had fellowship and food. And then, and then the angels, the two angels, moved on towards Sodom. He let them slide out. Now move on. Y'all go on. I'll be there directly. And then Abraham comes, stood before him and said, I, I, I need to talk to you about what's going on. And he said, well, I already told the angels that I would let you do this. Because I knew you were the kind of man that would teach your children to serve me and to walk with me. How can I do it? I don't even have any kids. Oh, that's another thing I meant to bring up in our little time here. You're going to have some kids and good things are going to happen. And the door is going to open to your wife and to your family and blessings are going to come. And I've got some things for you. But I told them if I hung around a little longer that I would not hide from you what I'm going to do. I'm going to check it out. And if it's as I know it is, I go as a witness that I was there. I won't say I know. I go as a witness I know he knows all things anyway and now I go as a witness I was there you were what I said you were I was in your street and I'm going to wipe them out and he said but if, if I could impose on you just a little bit 
It's your time. We've got it together. It's just us. The women are gone. Your, your wife's back there behind the tent cackling about having kids. And the angels have done made their tracks down. And it's you and I. He said then if we can come up with about 50 righteous folks, what's the deal? He said, hey, that's the deal. I can handle that. But they're not there. And he kept winding down. That little bit of moment between him and God was the thing that saved the family. It brought Lot out. Sometimes that little bit of time between you and God is going to open the door to salvation, to vision, to revival, and to a visitation of the Holy Ghost and to the power of God Almighty. I'm here to tell you that if you're too busy to worship, you need a new touch of the Holy Ghost. If you're too busy to get in the Bible, if you're too busy to pray, you need a new touch of God in your life. Good night, today, now. Last week I woke up so early. Lately I've been getting up every morning extremely early. And I woke up so heavy, I was being driven by the Spirit, pressed, pushed to go to the house of God. I couldn't get there fast enough. I gave my secretary instructions and then I went next door and I fell on my face, started sobbing, talking to God. I said, I don't know what's wrong. I don't have the vision. I, said, I don't have the touch I need. I don't have what I should have in my life right now. I don't pray like I need to pray. I don't get through like I want to get through when I pray. And I started sobbing, God, I want things with us the way they ought to be. I want you and me right here together on this team. There's sick people that need healing. There's lost people. They're not just lost. They're going to hell. They will burn. I don't understand all about all of that, but I want myself used. I want my heart. I, I want something going on in me. And I could feel God get a hold. And I said, I, I know you're here. I cannot see you, but you are here. You are in this building. You and I are together. We are talking. You're touching me. I'm touching you. You are here. You have to have time. 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 Some preachers, their prayer life is no longer than the necessity to come up with a sermon. Their fellowship and touch with God is no more than just something enough to generate a catchy cliche, a fancy title, a onesie, twosie, threesie. And then go out and make plans tomorrow. But I, you have to understand that you've got to have time for God. You've got this church has to have time for God. Sometimes I'm, I, I wanted my church to shut down everything. No practice. Nothing. Everybody walk in, get down, and just talk to God. You'd be surprised how many Pentecostals are too raw just to kneel down and make contact with the Spirit. 
There are too many times the Holy Ghost moves through a place. Nobody knows that was, well, I felt, nobody knows that was the presence of God. David went down to the valley of Elah and slew the giant, reached over, stood on top of him, raised the sword back, cut off his hat, took the sword, took his armor. When he went into the valley, he was too small for Saul's armor. When he come out, he was Ken Goliath. In one hand, a sword strapped to his shoulders was armor. In the other hand was the head of Goliath and the sword. And he dropped the head off the soul. He put the armor in his own tent. And then he went by the house of God and said, This instrument that is of no value, it's done more harm than good to the people of God. I give it to you. And the priest took it. And he wrapped it in a cloth and laid it behind the ephod and buried it among holy things. And a couple of years later, David come through and said, I need bread, I need a sword. He said, I have something that can be used now. It's laying among holy things. It's been laying a long time in the presence of God. It's right there where the priests are, where the ephod. Come on. You want to be used of God? Lay among holy things. Lay among the presence and prayer. Get among holy things. I wish we could be stirred just for a little bit today. I mean, a really, not, not a sad negative, but something says, hey, I like what, I'm going with it, man, I'm going with it. I want your presence. I want your power. Except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that builds it. Except the Lord has got His hand on what you're doing. You're wasting time. You're driving nails that's going to hold nothing together. You're cutting wood and it's going to be too short. You're going to pray for people they are not going to get healed. You're going to give counsel and it's not going to work. Except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain. God, put your hands on my hands. Let's get alone. Let's get some time together. Let's, let's discuss this thing. Let's talk about it. What did He say? you got a sin problem? Come, let us read together. You and I, let's talk about your sin. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. He said, Elijah, I want you to wake up me. The angel said, wake up and eat a little bit. And then he went back to sleep and he woke up and said, now, you got a big trip. What's in store? You got an appointment over here on the mountain. God said He wants to have some time with you. And I got to get you feed and fed and good and ready to run and go and go for it. And he eat and slept, eat and slept, and finally got up and made his run. You hear me right now? And when he got there, was in a hurry. God checked him out on that. There was the wind, wind, and he ran out. Is that you? God! God! No. And then he went in and said, Well, should I stay or not? He said, we had a meeting. Can I wait a little longer? Can I wait on him? All of a sudden, the earth is rattling, rattling, the walls cracking, and, and the ground shaking, and he ran out and wrapped his coat on his face, and, God, is it you? I'm here! You said we were meeting. I'm here! No. So he said, I wonder what's holding him. We had an appointment. And then there was a, a fire and all the heat and the sparks and the flame and explosion and he ran out. Oh God, you are a consuming fire. Is this your mode of moving today? Are you cloaked in flames? No. 
He said, if you could just wait, if you could just wait through an earthquake and a fire and a wind, if you could just get through the emotion and just hold on a minute, something is going to come into your spirit. And God's going to give you a fresh anointing and a vision for your church. You think you can't have revival and nobody's living for God in your city and you can't make it. But he's got thousands kneeling to God and not to Baal. He's got revival. He's got Elisha in the wings waiting for the touch. Big things are going to happen. Don't leave yet. Hang on a little more. God's got, if you just got a little bit of time, God's got something to give to us, to communicate with us. Does anybody here, did anybody here get anything at all I am saying today? Is it, uh, I have gone in, I have went in, just a few weeks ago I went into the house of God, prayed about 20 minutes, turned to walk out, and I stopped and said, you've got to be kidding. You call that prayer, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. You call that prayer. Man, you ain't had any time. You talked to me, but your mind was on this problem and that problem, and that that's my church. I'm tending to it. If you'd listen to me, I could help you. I could answer you. I could renew you. I could tend to you. Get back in there. Sit down. Man, you got some time we need to spend together. I turned myself around and went right back into the presence of God. Don't be so quick to hurry and get out of the presence of God. I heard a voice, John said. I turned, and what I saw overwhelmed me and I begin to melt I begin to yield I begin to fall as one that was dead you, you, you got to have some time sir if you'd rather work on the computer than be with God you don't need to be in the ministry I'm not being unkind we just don't need you in the ministry we need you in administration you need to build things, send them out like this, and do that, and tend to that, and run around here and chase that. We need somebody in the ministry that don't even want to wait on tables. Huh? We'll get deacons to do that. We want to be into the ministry of the Word. We want to say things. If you lead choirs, if you lead music in this church, you need time with God. I heard this song and everybody shouted. Don't go home singing a song because everybody shouted. You go home and hear from God. You spend some time. Lay out those songs. What about this and what about that? Which one's going to glorify you? Which one's going to break conviction? Which one's going to help us, God? We need some time with God. We operate too much in the flesh. We operate too much on human ingenuity. We operate too much on the way I feel, the way I see it. Here's how I like it. We need to get out of that. We need to die out to that. The Lord said. And then that's how we need to respond. We need something from God. right when he got tired and hungry jesus said well we need to feed him he said we took up money we can't feed him not with the offering we got we got a kid here with a lunch <laughs> he's got fishes and loaves what is this among so many well bring it here let me see and jesus oh god he lifted the thing back off of the basket he said that's it i can do something with that let me let me get my hand on that let me get my hand on it. And he lifted it out of the basket. And then he blessed it. And then he started breaking. He said, here, go, go give this now. And go give this. And they said, well, let's go. And they gave out this and gave out that and come back. And he said, here, <laughs> go give this. 
as long as it was in the basket. It was enough to take care of one-third of a boy's needs for one day. One basket, one lunch for one boy. But when it got time in the master's hand, it could now take care of about five, ten, fifteen thousand people. When you are in your basket of your self-ordained, self-perpetuated will and purpose and behavior and schedule, you are good enough for about one need real quick and that's your limit. But when you get lost in his hands and he blesses you and he breaks you, your usefulness to God multiplies. I mean, it starts expanding. You're not going to have one healing. You're going to have ten. One person's not going to be helped. Ten people will. Something will happen. Oh, Jesus, please help me today. Please help me. We have to have, we have to have time for the Lord. Samuel, Samuel, he threw the covers back, ran in Eli, did you call me? I, I, I didn't call you. you, you called me. No, I didn't. You did, I, no, I didn't, I didn't. Go back and lay down. He goes back and he lays down, then he hears a voice again. He said, went in there, threw the covers back, ran in there, Eli, I, I know, I know I heard it, you said my name. And he said, I did not. It wasn't me. But I want you to do this. You go back and lay down. Somebody wants some time with you right now. And when he calls you this time, don't go everywhere else. You just stay right where you are. And you say, speak, Lord. Thy servant here. This kid, the, the verses before this said, the child Samuel ministered to the Lord. But when God spoke, they had not been together one time for him to even know the voice of the Lord. I am tired of people. wind, you and I know what he is, where he's at, what he's doing. We need time with him. We are to be speaking for the Lord right now. It's up. You know how many people is talking for him and has never even felt him? I'd gather you together, but you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't. What in your time? What? Something. We didn't connect. We'll try it again tomorrow. Oh, we need time. We need time. If if you don't have time for the Lord, did you know you get so disconnected to purpose, to reality? Let me show you a little point here. I'm winding down. I'm trying to hurry. Half a knife and a half had violated. Sacrifice, worship, faith, morals, God. Israel was in war. And they said, we're losing. We're losing. Let's go get the ark. 
Let's bring it out that it, that it, it, it may save us. Here's two men that was never used of God who took the liberty to use God. Now, your place in God will be twofold. You will either be used by God or you'll get cold in your spirit, your faith, your vision, and you'll start using God. These two men never spent a day in the presence of God. They never knew what it was to talk, to feel, to be close to God. It never happened. And when they were losing the war, losing ground, their response was, let's get God. He can come heal us now. Let's go get God. He'll help our son to school get back up. Four families moved off. Come on now, let's... You don't need to use God. You need to be used by God. Come on, and if you've never spent time with God, then you're going to pray and you're going to try to pull fat, uh, rabbits out of the hat and pull fancy stuff and, and put on big drives and costume parties and fanfare and gas-filled balloons. You're going to do a lot of little things right now and you're going to use this and use that. But the bottom line is, if you never spend any time with God, you're not going to be used by God. You're going to spend all your time trying to use God to get you rich, get you that car, get you that suit of clothes. That kind of shoes makes me feel like I'm preacher one. That suit makes me feel like I'm preacher number one. Look at the car I drive now. I am. You don't need all of that. Your shoes don't make you anything in the kingdom of God. And the label in your coat don't mean a hill of beans. If you drive an old Volkswagen or a pickup truck or a Lincoln, that's got nothing to do with it. You're going to only be effective with God if you've been along with Him, if you have been praying to Him, if you've been crying, if you've been broken, if you've been talking in tongues, if you've been touched by Him then he's ready to use you. Don't try to use God. Let God, let God use you. Oh, in Jesus. In Jesus. Oh, I don't care how good the battle is going, you still need time with God. I don't care if you sing Sunday night and everybody shouted, Monday, you need time with the Lord. I don't care Wednesday night if the Bible study was turned over and they bought tapes like never had. You're a number one seller. You need time. You need time with God. He says, I want some time with you. Me and you. Well, God, I bring no, no friends, nobody. Me and you. Me and you. That's all. Well, I'm busy. No, don't give me that. You need him. In this world we live in today, in the difficulties we live in today, the gay movement has attacked the Boy Scouts. The next thing should be the church. That's right. You say, oh, well, it ain't. Why would they stop? They now consider themselves the greatest civil rights movement of the decade of the new millennium. That's their position. What was in the paper this morning. And so, and, and it, we're not anti-gays. We're anti-immorality and homosexuality. We're not against black, white, gay. What? We're against sin. It's a sin issue. And he says, but how, how does, God's already said how he felt about it. But what about orientation, sexual, it's, so what? It's got nothing to do with anything. It's a sin. 
Well, some man's got orientation to murder and to kill. So what? It's a sin. But maybe he can't help it. It doesn't matter. He can't help it. That's what you get born again for. So you can help it. So you can change. So you can be a new creature in Christ Jesus. Got nothing to do with sexual orientation. It's got nothing to do with genes in your body. It's got to do whether you want to have faith, repent, come to God, be born again. It's a sin issue. And God says, I'll save you. Well, science says it doesn't matter what science says. God's already spoke on the issue. But they've un- I don't care what they've uncovered. It does not matter. If it's sin, it's sin. It doesn't matter if you couldn't help it or could help it. It's sin. But there is something that will make the difference. You're living in a world of forces and powers, but there is a power greater than the powers that are at work in this world today. Now, would you help me on this last point? Would you really rally with me? Would you help me? Because God's going to touch the people in about the next six minutes. If you'll help me, if you're going to settle back, but if you'll, help, if you'll give to me what I'm trying to give to you, just something to help. If you'll help me now, something will happen in the next few minutes. And those boys got out there on that ship, and that storm arose, and Jesus was asleep. And they took it on themselves to, to, to handle this condition, this, this, this natural attack. They took it upon themselves to address this great struggle, this, this issue. And they reached out there with all they could and they dipped water. And the more they dipped, the boat kept getting full. The waves come in. They would wipe the water, the salty water from their face with the sleeve of their robe and whatever they could do to get it. And then they brush their hair back and dip out again. And somebody said, it's getting fuller. What are we going to do? And they said, come on, don't keep working. And they kept on. And then they looked around. We can't harness the wind. It's too much. We can't hold the waves. They're too tall. Somebody said, we, we ought to wake him. We ought to wake him. We need him. We need him right now. We ought to wake him. Well, I hate to. I don't, we're going under. We don't have a choice. This thing will conquer us. And he said, Jesus, I hate to bother you, but it's out of control. The boat's going under. We are full. The wind, the waves, the storm, everything. We can. We are. Could you please? And he said, oh, you have little faith. He got up. Come out to the bow of the ship. Wind blowing his hair. His robe flying in the wind. And he's looking at all of that and he said, Get still! And the wind looked at him. Shut her eyes, bowed her head. Pulled her wings in. Bringing her currents to her. And then moved to the corner of the earth. And the waves stared only a moment. And then they relaxed their muscles, their force, and they backed down. And when all of that happened, they looked at one another and said, We were so afraid of the storm. But then now we are so overly afraid of Him. Such power that even the wind and the seas obey Him. And this is my point. It doesn't matter what can conquer you. What's on board with us can conquer it. You cannot be conquered. I can't conquer sickness. I can't conquer disease. I can't conquer cancer. But someone on board can conquer. Let's stand to our feet.
Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I'm talking to you right now. I'm talking to somebody right now. I'm talking to somebody right now. You said this thing is whipping me. It's whipping me. It can whip you. It can whip me. But someone on board with us can whip it. everybody would raise your hands and just open your heart and pray. The Holy Ghost, the Spirit is here. The power of God is here to do something. cancer, heart disease, lung problems? Are you facing infection? Is your child lost? You said the nature of the world, the powers about me are so overwhelming. Get along with Jesus. There's a power greater than what you face. Let's pray. Jesus, let's pray. I mean, way down, let's pray. Let's say something indeed within us. Do you know me, God? Do you know me, God? Do you know me, Lord? We need time. Let's pray. time with you. That'll change my motive. That'll change my attitude. That'll change my heart. That'll put me on track. He wants it. Come on, let's get together. Let's get together. In Jesus' name. Revive us. Revive our prayers. Revive our worship. Revive our hungers. Use us, God. Get us out of the basket of limitations. Get us in your hand, in your presence. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. some time. 